Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, good morning, gentlemen. Good What's up, boys? Morning. Oh, Key is air guitaring it. You can't see, but, but he was air guitaring. He was feeling it. Man, that music right there, that's a straight Advil song. <laughs> Headache like a big dog. Just from shaking your head around, oh, just from bopping man. your head. Tylenol, all that. You yeah. need plenty of it. Um, so, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join on the Goodyear hotline. And guys, Jerry Jones, Kimberly Martin was in here before and really cracked me up with this line. Jerry Jones makes a weekly radio appearance just to let you really, really the point is, I, by the way, I own the Cowboys. In case anyone forgot, I'm, I'm the Cowboys owner. Um, so he <laughs> had this to say to 105.3 The Fan about his quarterback. The thing that you're seeing is uh, sometimes uh, the pass that looks errant is because uh, the receiver, for instance, ran the route two, uh, two yards, uh, cut it off two yards shorter. If you're not really crisp on the way the play was designed relative to how many yards you go, the cut, uh, then you passing game can look really off. Mm-hmm. Passing game can look really off. I mean, that's true for every team, right? You get some guys back, they've been out, you got to get your timing down. It, it is mm-hmm. the case. Uh, and what Jerry is doing right there is he's explaining that receivers getting their depth helps the quarterback out. And when receivers don't get the depth, the passing game can sort of look discombobulated at times. And that's true. I mean, that's true for every, every system and every quarterback. But what he's also doing is he's protecting his quarterback, which I like. Because Dak Prescott, he just paid a bunch of money to. And people are going to attack Dak Prescott as they continue to go and in, in, in finish up the season. And if they stumble up against Washington or drop a game or two here, they're going to say, oh, we paid all this guy all this money. He's not taking us to the next level. And what he's doing is he's getting in front of it now to let you know it ain't the quarterback. It's everybody else. The quarterback is doing what he needs to do. Because the one position on a team that you have to protect when you're talking to the media is the quarterback. You cannot have the quarterback be fractured based on the way that people treat him. You know, that's why that's why you always say, don't yell at the quarterback, don't do this to the quarterback, because you want to make sure that that's nice and tight. And Jerry and Steven went out and protected the quarterback back when it was Tony Romo. They didn't draft Johnny Manziel. They got Zach Martin. They, they used so many consecutive first-round picks and maybe a couple seconds to put together the best offensive line in the business, and then it wound up being Dak's offensive line, right? But Jay, he has an offensive line. Smith is back at left tackle now. And anyway, even without him, they had a pretty good line. It was, wasn't a terrible one. And when they're healthy, they're really good. He has legitimately two number one receivers and another really good receiver. Mm-hmm. He has an explosive back and a great running back. Like, he has an embarrassment of riches on offense, and his defense is much better than it was. Jay, when I hear this, I start to hear excuses when the fact is, if he's in, as Key says, the top bucket of quarterbacks, the top level with Brady and Rodgers and Mahomes, we expect those guys to... Making the playoffs is a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. They must also, like, if they don't win a playoff game, oh, my God, what happened? Should the standard be the same for Dak Prescott? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about winning championships, 
raising the level of expectations. And I understand this is his first year where his team is fully loaded. All right, but there, there are little things that kind of stand out to me. So when I look at Dallas and I look at their yards rushing per game, you know, they rank six in the NFL with yards rushing per game, right? So we talk about, okay, now that Zeke's a little bit banged up, how will Dak continue to elevate his team? Because I watch Kansas City, you know where they're ranked in yards rushing per game? Mm. 19th. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Patrick Mahomes. Even this year, him becoming more disciplined and raise the level. I'm watching Green Bay. They're 21st. I'm watching Tampa. They're 25th. So I'm watching the three quarterbacks that we have in that upper tier elevate their team and still be in those conversations to win a Super Bowl. And I, I need to see Dak elevate this team and get past the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, here's, what what about I'll do, the- here's what I'll do with those numbers, though, Jay. In the first nine games of the season, the Dallas Cowboys, call it eight, first eight games of the season, the Dallas Cowboys was rushing for about 160 yards a game. Yep. The last month or so of the season, they've rushed for about 75 to 80 yards a game. So they're losing a lot. But when you factor it into it over the course of the season, that's why they're still sitting at six. The Kansas City Chiefs were never, ever running the football at a high clip. The Cowboys over the last, you know, I say over the last five weeks of the season here recently since they've had this Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing, the rushing attack hasn't been there for them. They are a play-action pass team which means that running the ball loosens up the secondary. You get a lot of one-on-one coverages. But when you're not running the ball effectively, then it takes things away from what the quarterback is capable of doing. You say, Max and Jay, that he belongs in the bucket based on those other guys. He doesn't belong in the bucket based on those other guys winning a championship. This is the first year that he's been paid. This is the first year in his entire six-year career that he has had a full arsenal on offense and a much better defense than he's had in the past. The team is sitting at 8-4 and four and getting ready to probably win the division. What more do you, are you looking for? Well, Brother Key, you just kind of made my point for me, though. You're saying that Kansas City hasn't really had a run game. Like, it's more reliant upon Patrick Mahomes, right? So, it, it relies and the, on Patrick Mahomes. The, the, the rushing game has been a little bit decimated for the Cowboys, and they haven't been living up to expectations. So that's why I was saying, like, I need to see – more from Dak. I'm not saying that Dak can't be going, in the first bucket. Dak can easily be in the first not bucket. Going I'm just to, not ready to put him in there right now. Their offense isn't predicated on Dak Prescott. Their offense is predicated on the play-action pass game. The only way your play-action pass game is going to be effective is if they're running the ball at an elite clip like they were doing the first half of the season. But what happens when you're not going to be able to? Because obviously Zeke is banged up. He's a shell of himself, right? Well, what they've got to do is they've got to run the ball more than 25, 22 times a game. They've got to make the attempts. Much like Ron Revere just said, it's not about everybody thinks that you got to have five point something yards a clip. That's not true. If you're getting three yards a clip, you go first and that's now six. He said third and four. Is, third, he's good with third, third and third four. Third and four, yeah. you good. But yeah, he, that's where he, you want to be. Okay, there are two Because I can manage – Third and short all day long. There, there are two things here, though, picking up what Jay was talking about. Number one is he hasn't won a championship yet, but I don't think we're saying he has to win one. I think at the moment we're saying the expectation is well, the of expectation the elite. expectation from here on out is to get to the playoffs every single year. They just get pay to the them playoffs a bunch of money. And win a game. Win like, a yeah, win a playoff yeah, game. That's the expectation. That's the expectation. He's won a playoff game in his career. He has, and by the way, he would have won another one if Aaron Rodgers didn't go ham at the, at the end of that it, game. He is in his sixth year in the National Football League coming off a major injury this is the first time, again, I'll reiterate that, where the defense is okay, the offense is clearly way better than it's ever been with all the weapons that they have, 
but they now got to take the next step but this based is, on the money that they pay him. I want to get back to Dak and the money they pay him, the whole thing. Jay Key, it seems to me also, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and even Tom Brady are expected to paper over. Oh, you're getting paid like this? You're the guy? They are expected to compensate for Russell weaknesses. Wilson Russell Wilson is too, although Russell Wilson is too many weaknesses. I can't do it. I'm, I'm too old, whatever it is. Is isn't Dak now? He doesn't even really have that many weaknesses. Isn't it? Just seems to me that not as much is asked of him he just as the got other guys. There though, he just got there okay. this year. Moving forward, that's going to be the case. He just all but, those dudes have been paid. Mm-hmm. When you are paid, your money allows people to say he's the best at the game. He's the highest at the game. He's supposed to. Be, that's where he's at right now. He's got to do it moving forward. So we shall see. You should see. You should see. But it's, doesn't wouldn't that mean if we shall see that we shouldn't have him in the first bucket? If we still need to see, I understand talent wise. There's a lot of individuals who are talented. Well, he's but in that does, bucket does the play based on, on the his... field or the success that you have on the court translate and equal the talent to actually have you in that part of gauging. Part of gauging reality to me is also gauging the trajectory of someone. Like, maybe we don't have all the evidence we need to say Dak is in the – maybe Key doesn't have like all the stock. evidence. I'm going to buy the stock now because I know. Like, yeah, like, based on where I last saw him, based on where I, I think he's headed, based on the whole history of the game and development, what's around him, I predict he'll be there. Are you predicting he'll be in the bucket by the end of this season, or you're no, saying he's, he's there now? He, he's in that bucket right now. Can't do when that. did he's he get the there? I can't do that. He got there when they gave him the when money. When he gave him the bag. When they gave him the bag. Then they he, gave him so, the bag based on everything he did the prior five years in his career. Because they gave Wentz the bag, and Wentz had a great 14 <laughs> games or whatever it was. But that's and, his fault that he was in that bucket at that time. Uh-huh. He was in that uh-huh. bucket he, at he that time. In, that's why they I gave just, him the money. I just could never put Carson Wentz in the same bucket as Jared Aaron Goff got I, paid, too. I, I he, was Jared in that, he was in that bucket. No, I can't he was put in Jared that bucket in at the, the time they gave him the money. No, I can't. Just the dude you get just the money. went to the Super Bowl and had a, a remarkable season. Well, that doesn't I'll say mean this I can put you in the bucket season. with guys like Aaron Rodgers or guys like Patrick Mahomes or guys like Tom it, Brady. It, That's a rare bucket. Okay, so bucket. let me ask you this. And they paid him as if he was a rarefied quarterback. I understand. So, the therefore, well, he jumps it's, in it's, that bucket. Well, also, it's due to market, right? So, market's like, hey, look, I want to pay you because I think you could be the best thing for a franchise. It doesn't mean that you're in the same conversation as the three other guys there who was were probably, paid. There was probably – 25 teams in the National Football League at the time they paid Jared Goff, they, they would have took Jared Goff. He looked very good through two-thirds of that Super Bowl run season. Seriously? With, with, with the, wait, hold on. When he had play action going with Todd Gurley. It doesn't matter what. It, it does not so, matter. So, they would have so, taken him like that. So, so Lamar's going to get paid. Yep. Yeah, he'll be in a decent. So I got one for you. I got one for you. Don't say say Lamar or Kyler because they'll put him in a different bucket. I got one for you. And I'm trying to reconcile this with Key because it seems to me (sighs) that when you are paid, here's where it makes sense to me, Jay. If you are paid all that money by the team, the reason that's hard to do is it limits what you can do in other places. So what the team is saying is, okay, here are the resources that we can't spend elsewhere. You are now expected to make up for the fact that maybe we can't go get the linebacker or whatever it is we need, right? You got the money that, that, that's not going to someone else, so now you got to play like that. But let me give you a guy who hasn't yet been paid. Justin Herbert. Is when I look at Justin Herbert, I think he's better than Dak. Like just my eyeballs on him, I'm like, oh, I like that guy, and I like Dak a lot. But I think Herbert just has a little more. But you wouldn't put Herbert in the first bucket. He ain't got paid. 
It's been paid. He ain't even went to the playoffs. So, therefore, there's more resources to spend elsewhere. When so he, the expectations of making I, up for deficiencies are not there? We can't just look at him and say, well, he had a rookie season and then put him in that bucket with those other guys. The body of work and sample size is so small. Where you got those four other guys and Dak Prescott been to playoffs, multiple games, passing your all the different stuff that you need to determine what that quarterback is and what that quarterback is going to be. So being one and two in the playoffs put you in that bucket? Well, it does mean you've been there several times, been, at least three times. You've been there several uh, times. Twice. You're, still young in your, you're still young in your career. I understand. That's, and I'm you, wait, and like, you, I just and want everybody just to know. You, I want everybody to know. This is not me knocking four. Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott has a chance. You, I know you, I'm just clarifying to people. You ain't got to clarify them. Just keep having a conversation. I ain't arguing. I'm educating. When you get into these conversations or discourse, it seems like you're taking shots at somebody. All I'm saying is that, to me, Dak Prescott has a chance to pierce that upper echelon. You just need to see it happen in the playoffs. No, I, 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 had you know, I, guy, see the complete I had another happen. guy on the show about two and a half hours ago that happened to play in the National Football League named Dominique Foxworth. That's fine. Dominique Foxworth said the same thing when Max asked him, where's Dak Prescott? He said, top five He's a big Dak fan. He ain't, he ain't listening to me. Here's he ain't why, hearing my show. Top five over quarterback there is different than if we're talking Wait, about the Jay, three top I'm, quarterbacks in the league. Here's where I'm with Jay, Key. Uh-huh. Dak Prescott ha- can run, throw, Lead for sure. He can check all the boxes you want a guy Love to do. Love him as a player. But, I, but in terms of those skills, I don't see them quite in terms of the tangibles, not the intangibles, as like the reason I like Justin Herbert more when the ball comes out of his hand. I go, oh, it's like a little different. But what the heck do you see come off of Dax? It's, it's, it's excellent, but it's a little different. But, Justin Herbert, but, but my point me. is this. My point is this. Part of what you like about Dak, if you like him, is he also gives you me the feeling, I'll speak for myself, Tom Brady – Russell Wilson, early in their careers, what you always say, Key, about developing a quarterback. Don't ask him to do too much at first. Put him in a good situation. Solid, safe, what do you call it? Sound, fun, sound and safe. Right? Okay, so they did that. And what happens is when you start getting that winning and, and you can lead and all that and you can do it, then it starts becoming self-fulfilling. As time goes on, you actually become the guy who can carry the team. Have you so looked at his numbers this year? Part of Dak is – I part of Dak is – he gives me that feeling of Brady or Russell Wilson, and I can see he can run. I can see he can throw. I can see he can lead. So I'm assuming if you, if you put him in that bucket that you're like, I, I'm predicting he's going to do it, but he has not made a deep playoff run yet, and he does have the money now. Those guys' careers, outside of Patrick Mahomes, those guys have been playing. They're well into their double-digit years. He's still young, and he's still moving in the right direction. And this year, based on the money that they gave him and the team that they have and where they sit at right now, he's pushing forward into a deep playoff run. I got it. So this is what we're – so he's in his sixth year, as you pointed out earlier. He's been around. He's a veteran. He's got the bag. So really what it comes down to is this year, right now, what is he going to do? And one's prediction would be – He's going to at least win a playoff game to yes. justify everything. Yeah, you, right? because if he if he doesn't win a playoff game or loses the division, and and all of a sudden with everything around him, it's like well, what, what, no matter how well he so played, he wins a playoff game. Is he still in that first tier bucket? And then they lose in the next game. They don't get yeah, the, they don't get the yeah. buy. He's in that. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say that. Absolutely. I would say that that. So what Key is saying is, like, if somebody gets paid, like if he's saying is Carson Wentz, 
So they get paid. That means that they're in the bucket until they get themselves out of the bucket, right? Essentially. Yeah, because right? typically, Sean, typically when you pay somebody, it's because they are at the upper echelon of that position. Yes, understood. They wouldn't be in the top three economically if they were not in the top I think, three as and, they Guys, play we got to move. I want to get to this overrated, underrated, but I'll just say it seems to me we're all in the same place with Key saying and, and me saying a playoff win justifies and Jay saying, guys – one playoff win may not be enough. I'm just saying, just because you get paid, I don't put you in that bucket. You have to get in that bucket on your own. Get in. All right, let's play a little underrated, overrated with NFL quarterbacks. Uh, Evan? Yeah, let's start with Dak. Is he overrated, underrated, or just rated? <laughs> hmm. huh. Overrated, underrated, underrated, and just rated. I, w- I would say he's underrated. He's certainly an underrated player. When you look at Dak Prescott's numbers, that's why I asked Mac, have you looked at his numbers? Yeah, they're playing from behind it, it, a lot. It, Come on. They were throughout his career. From behind. <laughs> Stop. Throughout his career, they have been. Oh, God. I would probably, you know, I'm a Cowboys hater. I would probably say he's underrated or just rated. He's kind of like right there. I think Dak is a touch overrated at this moment. I got to get overrated. up and leave. I cannot. He's overrated, yeah. he's by, overrated key, by key, though. Definitely. Yeah, right. Well, that's why. If you would ask, I would have said, ah, he's rated about right. But Key, I think, maybe, overrates him a little. Yeah. Maybe that's the game we should play. Has, does Key he overrate key. or underrate these quarters? By the way, I, I like game, that better. Great Listen, game. Much better game. Yes. All right. Wait, I like that better. Evan, you got to start with asking Key, yeah, and then yeah, Jay yeah, and I have yeah. to ask if he is underrated y'all or overrated. Sound, y'all sound Kirk silly, Cousins, man. Key, overrated, underrated. Overrated. Yeah. Overrated quarterback based on his pay and the amount of money that they gave him. And him not doing anything that advances them where they thought when they got him from Washington. I would say just rate it from public sentiment. Like every, everybody in the public this knows. It's not what, about sentiment. I know, but everybody knows what Kirk Cousins is just because they paid him. That's on them. He's a little overrated. Well, you know what that is? He's a little they overrated. Paid Kirk him, Cousins. He's overrated. Kirk Cousins flashes in a way that make people think he's better than just an average starting quarterback, but he's just an average starting quarterback. All right, the guy he's taking on Thursday night football, Big Ben Roethlisberger, overrated, underrated. He's, he's, well, look, first of all, he's not rated. And he's underrated because he's a veteran quarterback that's done a lot in this league. This is his last year. But in the end, he's not overrated. They don't have anything else yeah. behind him. I, I would say at this point right now, buying stock, he's a little bit underrated. He's underrated. Max, you made this point earlier, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's like I, I've seen the worst of Ben. I've, I've been seeing a better Ben as of late. I would say better. I would say at this moment he's a hair underrated yeah. because like he's done he's cooked he's that bad he can still win a game or two yeah. exactly yeah. Daniel Jones incomplete jeez oh, no he's he's overrated no, no grade on the paper yeah he's overrated uh, I don't know the way it's gonna work out but right now he's overrated mm. I feel like he's overrated because New Yorkers made him overrated. Like, we automatically, like, hey, this guy is going to be the guy to lead our franchise forward. Is that what and it's they like, say it, this guy? This he's guy, also, he is a little guy. over, like, like you know, he, a, by a little bit, he's overrated because he is not an average NFL quarterback for a starter. He's an under average NFL starting quarterback, and he's not in year two here, right? It's time to take a jump. Carson Wentz, overrated, underrated, Key. I think he's underrated. I think he's underrated because people don't appreciate his ability to change the scene in Indianapolis and what they've been able to do with him at the quarterback spot. Everybody's still holding on to the hate and gut that they looked at him in Philly with, and now all of a sudden he's an Indy and he's doing okay, and people don't respect that. I would still say overrated as of right now just because I, I – and he's been playing better. Uh, 
I just want to see him. I, I want to see the Colts make the playoffs before I can actually say that he's underrated. He is still overrated, even though he's playing well. I think he's playing well. He has been overrated since he got like he was the MVP of the league to me when he got hurt that year. They won the Super Bowl. And since then, has been overrated and grossly overrated. Everyone told me I was crazy. I saw him as being awful. You are and, crazy. By the way, I was right, though. He got worse and worse and worse, oh, and then God. he was benched. He lost his job. But at this point, he's pretty good, but still overrated. Last one. Jimmy G, overrated or underrated? I would say underrated. Um, I think Jimmy G is in a situation that he probably won't be able to win based on them drafting Trey Lance and the way people feel. The narrative was set two years, three years ago, playoff game against Minnesota Green Bay where they didn't allow him to throw the ball much and everybody assumed this is the reason why because Jimmy G can't throw, which is a damn lie. I would probably say he's rated just right. Like, I don't know, when I think about Jimmy G, I don't think about underrated, overrated. I just, I feel like I know what that is. Like, he is a really good game manager. I think he's grossly underrated. All the grossly? dudes, grossly. Jimmy G wins when you count the playoffs and everything. Almost three games to every game he loses. Four teams that lose almost three games for every game they win when he doesn't play. I think he is a grossly underrated quarterback. Yep. Wow. I do. Well, you've grossly. been saying that for a minute, but they keep losing. So where's no, the that's not true. Hold on. Time I'm out. glad you said it because no, I was oh, sure oh, as hell thinking it. Oh, 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 that's not true. Now, now look what happened. They stay, you stay with Jimmy G and they're winning. That they're not they been just losing. Got bounced. They just I'm got, saying, but got, but they won what four of their last no, they won, six they won, games? They won, they won a handful of games yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um, all I know is for his career I'm right like, now they're well, wait above. A minute, man, the math can't be the same. They are six and five right now. And they're thirty and thirteen in the regular season when he starts for his career. <laughs> but that, but then in the postseason, he got more wins hurt, than losses, right? Huh? You need him to. Then I fudge the numbers a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, you little always bit. do. Of course, you like did. Not barely. Thirty and thirteen. Uh, barely. When you add the playoffs, it's thirty-two and fourteen. Thirty-three and fourteen is almost. You like they win? Maybe every a little closer three, to two to one than three. They win every three games. Or I don't something. know. I lost them after the second num- numerical you reference. Know, Max Forty-three talk- regular season games. <laughs> Max gets thirty to talk wins. It fast and it go over your head. Yeah, yeah I try to do sometimes. It's a little happened? slick. Sometimes yeah, you, 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 I try and get, go, try, try and get. Well, sometimes I get go, them by. You're not gonna get it by me. Oh, I got them by you. You don't know about it. That's why you think I didn't. NYC hustle. I didn't get that one by them. All right, look. He has his quarterback buckets, but he might. Put our next guest in a shopping cart. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You know, we were asking on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776, which current division leader won't win the division? We went through the AFC. The only one we thought wouldn't, Jay thought the, the, the Ravens ain't going to win the North because of the Bengals. I thought if there is one who won't win their division, it would be the Ravens, but I do like them to win because of the Bengals. Key said if there was a team not to win their division in the AFC who's presently in first, it would be the Chiefs because of the Chargers. Um, but in the NFC, I don't think I, I wouldn't move anyone out. The, the Bucks ain't losing that division, right? I don't Packers. Even know who's in that division. I mean, yeah, right. The nobody Saints. In, nobody in the NFC. Nobody pick. in the maybe, NFC. Maybe the Cowboys if they if, if Washington if they don't comes plug on. Plug the leak. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I, that would be know. the most likely. They can put the, pre- Washington, the Cowboys, Washington though. beat them, put the pressure on them. You know, they they stub their toe along the way, and then Washington clips them again. And so they play Washington twice. They play the Giants. And then they finish with is it at Cardinals. They could yeah, lose any one of those. At Cardinals, at Cardinals. Yeah, that that could be the one. That That's what I'm saying. Like one. if you if you if Washington rolls up, and then they beat them twice, and the Cowboys lose three, they catch them. Yeah, and and the thing about because the cards got to finish to the end. Yeah, because of the first one by. But the thing about about the Cowboys now is it's so out there. Key, you even like oh, it's always something with the Cowboys. Like you know, it's true. It's, oh, it's so don't. out there that the players have to be aware. Like, I just feel like there'd be more pressure once, once things start going sideways for the Cowboys. It gets to be more of an issue than if it's some other team, right? Because, That's what I'm saying. They yeah. lose to Washington. Then all of a sudden, they play Washington again. Then they play Cardinals. They get tight. They get real – cheeks get real tight. Yep. Especially yeah. when you know – when you know it's three divisional games. Like, you can look at the schedule and go, oh, Washington's not that good. Giants have nothing. But those are three yeah, NFC East Giants, divisional Giants games. Get them. No. Washington twice and Arizona would be the, the, the combination. Three. I think, look, I think you could lose to the Giants. That's almost a trap game there. That's Man, a divisional rival. Yeah, that's yeah. your heart yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah me like neither. That. That's Maybe your heart speaking. No, I don't, want, I don't care about the Giants. I mean, listen, the Giants. Yeah, now you don't care point. about the Giants. No, no, draft picks. I care more about my draft position at this point. This is not a good draft. Kurt Warner. NFL Network Analyst and Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback is with us now. American Underdog tells the inspirational true story of Kurt Warner, played by Zach, is it Levy or Levy? That's what I need to know, L-E-V-I. Evan, what are we we saying with L-E-V-I? Levi, Zach Levi, okay, by Zachary Levi, who went from a stock boy at a grocery store to a two-time NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Fame quarterback, American Underdog is an uplifting story that demonstrates anything is possible when you have faith, family, and determination. Good morning, Kurt Warner. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing good, good, Kurt. You back with me again today, huh, Kurt? I am, man. Two days in a row, brother. (laughs) Kurt, congratulations, man. You're not going to yell at me like Stephen A. does, though, right? No, no. We're not going to do that on this show. I don't don't really yell at my quarterbacks unless they get me (laughs) kilt, K-I-L-T. We like that. We like that. Congratulations on everything, man. I I got a chance to watch the flick the other night. It's pretty incredible. Uh, What's something that happened in the movie that you think people didn't already know 
about the American underdog? Well, I think here's the thing, Jay, is that, you know, obviously a lot of people know the football side of things and they're going to get the football side of things. Um, you know, they're not going to know a lot of the off the field stuff. And I, and I think specifically, you know, a big part of the movie is everybody's going to see it as my underdog story um, was really that, you know, we kind of have a family of underdogs. And my wife's story is an incredible story of, uh, of overcoming and things, the challenges that she had that she overcame. And then my son, uh, who was injured when he was four months old some of the things that he's had to overcome and the inspiration that I took in my journey to uh, become the player and become the person that I am and, and really set me up to be able to accomplish the things that I did. And, and that to me is what's going to be so great about the movie is that people are going to go saying, Oh, I remember the football story and, and you know, want to see this play out on the big screen. But I think people are really going to be impacted, especially where we're at right now, where so many people find themselves in an underdog role, you know, and maybe not everybody associates with being an underdog on a football field or a basketball court. But most of us can understand being an underdog in life at different times and especially right now. And that, to me, is where people are going to connect with this movie. It's got a great football drop back, and and, uh, and, and all of those things are, are going to be there, and the elements are great. But to me, it's the story. When I go to the movies – it's all about the story for me. Do I leave challenged? Do I, do I leave inspired or encouraged in some way? And, and I believe this movie in some way, shape or form is going to do that for a lot of different people. And they're going to get to see kind of the rest of the story. What, what helped to create the Kurt Warner that they saw on the football field? Yeah. And actually number one thing for me with the story is, do I care about the characters, right? Do I care about, especially the protagonist? At what point <laughs> did you realize that your life was going to be a movie. Everyone feels like, oh, this is a movie of my life. But, but you in particular, when did you think, man, they're going to make this into a movie one day? Um, you know, you, you hear about it a lot. You know, it was on Good Morning America today, and, and they showed a, a clip from when I won the Super Bowl back in 1999. Um, and the host at that time, you know, was talking to me about, you know, my story being a movie simply because, you know, stock market, or I'm sorry, stock and shelves, the grocery store to, uh, you know, to the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, so you hear about those things as you're kind of going through it, uh, but not really until after I retired when uh, I actually had some, you know, production companies reach out and say, we really do want to make this into a movie. And so it was a great story and you heard about it and you heard people mention it, but not till you know, somebody actually sits you down and says, no, no, we really want to make this into a movie. Uh, does it become a bit of a reality? And then it's been a process, you know, it's really been about a 10 year process of, of trying to get the story, right. You know, everybody could get the football part of it, but to me, I wanted to make something that was, bigger than that, something that could, you know, really touch people and impact people and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of pull at their heartstrings a little bit. And so, uh, it's been a process. And so, you know, thought it was going to be made and then wasn't going to be made and thought it was going to be made. And then it, pandemic hits. And, uh, we just found the right people that understood the story we wanted to tell and, and did a great job of doing that and fighting through some of the challenges that, uh, that were in the way. Kurt, I'm going to ask you a weird question. You probably got a good answer for it. Do you have anything at all from the grocery store? Your apron, anything? Just <laughs> did you did you keep anything at all? No, absolutely not. You know, like if there was a part of me, Keith, that, that actually thought, "Hey, I'm actually going to go from here, uh, you know, to to playing in the NFL and having a great career." 
I might have thought about that. Uh, but at the time, I was just like, I need to get out of the grocery store, and I need to find the next step um, that I'm taking. So, no, I, you know, at that point in time, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, the NFL as much as, okay, what's the next step? Um, and so I never looked at it from that perspective, like, hey, let me hold on to this so when I make it, I can show everybody my apron or, or whatever that was. No, I, I didn't have that in, uh, in my mindset at the time. Kurt Warner with us right now. Kurt, I've interviewed you through the years, but I've never asked you this question, and I'm curious. You know, you, your story, part of that is Trent Green gets hurt, you step in, and the rest is history, right? But I remember mm-hmm. when you got hurt and Mark Bulger stepped in, and he was not Kurt Warner, no. but you guys caught fire one eight in a row, and then that was it for you. With that team, did you ever think as it was happening with Mark Bulger, like, boy, I've been on the other side of this. Like, what was going through <laughs> your mind at that time? Well, I mean, yeah, trust me. I mean, it, it happened to me basically three times, Max. You know, it happened with Bulger. It happened, uh, you know, in New York with Eli. It happened again in Arizona with Matt Leinart. And again, different scenarios, obviously. But, you know, where, you know, you're kind of in that, that spot and then all of a sudden something happens and somebody else takes over. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if I ever really thought of it from that perspective. The perspective that I always took when I was in those situations is I remembered what Trent did for me and how he was so open with being able to share, you know, before his injury and after his injury to help me succeed. You know, my Hall of Fame speech, uh, the only player that I played with that I mentioned personally was Trent because so many people, you know, don't realize the impact that he had on my career, both, you know, when I was making that run in St. Louis, but also how he helped me to see life differently and that perspective differently as I would go on in my career and be in those places for, for other guys. And so he was unbelievable in the class that he showed and, you know, the way that he treated me because, you know, I mean, human nature for all of us would have been like, that's supposed to be me. Like I'm supposed to be the guy winning the Super Bowl and winning the MVPs. Um, and, and this guy's in that spot instead that it's easy to get, get bitter and to step back and not want to help that person. But Trent was an unbelievable example for me on how to handle being a teammate, how to be a great teammate. And that would carry with me moving forward uh, into those other situations that I found myself in. I'm glad I asked the question. We're talking to Kurt Warner, NFL Network Analyst, Pro Football Hall of Fame QB, about his movie American Underdog. Uh, Kurt, I I do want to ask you about the Arizona Cardinals. It it feels like a lot of people jump on board with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers or Tom Tom Brady, considering they won the Super Bowl last year. It always feels like the Cardinals are that underdog team, even though they have the best record and probably the coach of the year. What's your assessment overall of the Cardinals? I like the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I think they're one of the most complete teams in the NFL. Uh, they're a team that can beat you a lot of different ways. They, you know, they've been really good at running the football this year. Tyler obviously has played at an MVP level when he's been playing this year. They got D hop. Who's a difference maker on the outside, their defense, you know, from Chandler Jones and uh, you know, the guys that they have Marcus golden, the guys that they have up front that can rush the pass or even without JJ Watt. And then they've got some great players and great young players on the back end of their defense too. And so, you know, when I look at teams as I'm, I'm looking at, okay, who can make a run in the playoffs? I look at teams that can beat you different ways that have the ability to, uh, you know, to win a game when you, you know, you don't have your best stuff in one area. And then I think the reason that they're an underdog is 
you know, because of the quarterback. And, and Kyler has been great, but we know Tom Brady in the playoffs. We know Aaron Rodgers has this, you know, this history. You know, Patrick Mahomes has this history. And so, um, you know, I look at the teams like the New Englands and the Arizona Cardinals that, to me, maybe the two most complete teams in the NFL – I kind of step back a little bit because I just want to see those guys in the moment. I want to see those guys show me against good teams that they can stack those performances on top of one another three or four times to get to the Super Bowl. But when I look at the Cardinals, that's the only question I have is not is Kyler good enough, but when he gets into that moment, is he good enough to string three or four really good games together to beat an Aaron Rodgers and to beat a Tom Brady? Um, and that's kind of, to me, the only really step the only thing that I need to see from the Cardinals to really believe that they're, you know, they're in the mix to be able to get to the Super Bowl. Amen. That that's Kurt Warner. The movie is American Underdog. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate it. All right, Kurt. See you tomorrow. Congrats, Kurt. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate All you guys. Right. All right, man. All right. That's so awesome. uh, I thought that was exactly uh, so well said about the that like really captured the feeling. At least I have another about about Kyle, Kyler Murray and Mac Jones. It's not that you don't think they can. It's that you need to see it first three, four times in a row. You know Rodgers and Brady can do it. All right, much more KJM. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, download the podcast. We are brought to you by Goodyear. College football's winding down, and Goodyear knows the passion it takes to drive every game forward. Whether your team's home or away, the traditions that bring us together are still the same. That's the road that moves us. Goodyear more driven. Guys, I, I, something, I thought Kurt Warner made a really interesting point. I thought he also articulated it really well at the end of that segment. You know, the Arizona Cardinals, I think the best evidence that you can present, whether or not I believe it in my heart, is they've been the best team wire to wire. The Patriots, the way they've come on, probably the best team in the AFC, right? Except that Kyler Murray, Mac Jones. It's not that I'm sitting here going, they can't do it, but we haven't seen them do it. Yeah, not just seen them. Yeah, not just once either. Let's see you do it three, four times in a row. That stuck with me that Kurt Warner said that. To do that again and again and again with the money on the line. Yeah, the heat, the heat um, ratchet up when you get into the playoffs. I mean, that's just we lost. If we would lose to Philadelphia, it felt like every single year when we were in Tampa. But we had been there, so we had that experience. And then once we got over the hump, it was like, okay, you know, we figured it out. The temperatures in Philly, the time of the playoffs was low temperatures. We coming from Florida, it was always cold. We got used to it. It was like, oh, it ain't going to be no problem. We, we already mentally there. 
And then we went into Philly and popped them. Well, there's something all to be, over. Exactly, kid. There's something to be said about experience. So being there, feeling that pressure, understanding what comes along with it. Right? Like my freshman year going into the tournament, I've never been in a tournament before. Also, my sophomore year, I'm like, yo, I know what this is. Like, I, I feel very comfortable. And I think for the Cardinals, each year they've shown you under Cliff Kingsborough that they've gotten better. Right, being under 500, that's your A and eight. Now look at their record. So if they don't win it, okay, fine. If they come up short, but at least they're getting that experience and they're going in that direction. Like there's championship aspirations there. And see, when you see teams like the New England Patriots, early Tom Brady years, but they had already been there with guys like Willie McGinnis mm-hmm. that had been there with Bill Parcells and Drew Bledsoe and Belichick as assistant coach, but also the assistant coach. So they knew how to prepare for the playoffs. They knew all of, like, Ty Law had been to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's kind of easy where when you look at an Arizona Cardinal team, like, who's been anywhere? Like, it's not, Yeah, they're going to have to just be the first of their, their, that's their very, you know, lineage that's very, to do it. And it's very difficult. You yeah. Gotta, but you, you, also, you don't toe. know what you don't know, though, sometimes. Like, those are the teams that are a little bit scary. Because it's also like, oh, we haven't been here, so we don't really know what the I feel like is. if at the end of the season the Cardinals win the Super Bowl, we'd look back and go, yeah, they were kind of the best team all year. Mac Jones is another one. and you know, Well, they ain't going to win no see, Super Bowl. I ain't starting That's that. what I was – oh, that's a whole conversation. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Greeny coming up right now. We are back tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.